The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Welcome to another episode of the Mr. Nelson Show, episode 55. So, well, it's October and... Trump didn't uh, pay his taxes. Trump didn't pay them. That's it. Boom. Done. It's over. Goodbye. He didn't need to. I mean, they were stupid taxes. Oh, God. Brad, all right. Trump didn't pay those taxes because uh, the law said he didn't have to. What? That's just, just the truth. And uh, if I'm supposed to believe that Hillary Clinton is going to do away with that tax code, uh, that corrupt piece of crap we've been living under for 100 years now, uh, guess again. Yeah, that's not her point, and uh, she will not do that. That's how Donald Trump was able to get out of that, because... Uh, Complexity is the camouflage of corruption, and that's why the tax code is the way it is. And people like Hillary Clinton can ha- have the gates of power. I know may, some can go in, some can go out, and uh, uh, that's how that works. And uh, let's not forget that Trump was quite a Clinton co- contributor, uh, especially to the Democratic Party as well. So uh, you get what you pay for, and uh, boy, it, it paid off for him, didn't it? Yes, yes. So, uh, if you don't like what Trump did, then uh, you got to get rid of that code and do away with those loopholes. But of course, uh, we can't do that. Why? Because uh, well, it's a progressive tax code. It seeks fairness. Yeah, that's right, Lefty. A progressive tax code it creates all these loopholes where enormously rich people can get out of paying their taxes, and the rest of us got to make up the difference. And that's how that works. So. Uh, Party of the people, now, now. Yeah, what he said. Man, thanks, Red. This, oh, God, this is just outrageous, but I know the clock is ticking because you want to get to your Halloween crap. Well, it's time for my hero of the week, who is, of course, Tim Kane. He lost. No, no, he didn't. He was aggressive, and he really took it to that pathetic Mike Pitts. Yeah, it was quite the battle between Race Bannon and the creepy uh, ventriloquist doll from the uh, Twilight Zone. No, that's... Oh, God, that's just... Yeah, he called it right. And you can easily tell. Yeah, he is a ventriloquist dummy. And you know he enjoys having the hand up his ass. Sadly, it's the cold, withered hand of Hillary Clinton. Oh, my God, this is... Oh, we got to bring in... And misogyny all in one sentence. But of course, Red, you would not uh, disappoint in that. But the point I'm trying to make, yeah, well, look, we, 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 that's enough of that crap. We just really don't have time for this anymore. No, I'm not going to just, no, I'm not going to shove this under the rug. We're going to get to the bottom of this. And Red, you're going to be held accountable for your racism and your sexism, and I'm tired of it. You should. You little twink, you, you shut your twink, sissy boy lips. I can't take no more of that. Trump's going to win. He's going to make America great again. Ain't nothing you can do about it. He's not going to win. He's dropping in the polls that Hillary is powering through. And we'll be taking this country to where it belongs. 
Love it. Oh my God! That'll be the day. Oh hell no! The only way she can win oh is God, if it rains. Of course it is. So that's probably what's going to happen. Come on, let's leave. Gonna burn this motherfucker down. So much you can deal with. Well, I can still hear him. All right, let's go in this next room. All right, uh, as I was trying to get to before, uh, got distracted by politics again. <laughs> oh, boy, what a way to bring the show down. Uh, but yeah, uh, so it's October, and I consider it uh, Halloween month. And uh, so I like to uh, dedicate the, the episodes this month to uh, spooky stories, um, uh, reviews of horror films and stuff like that, and uh, old-time radio shows and uh, uh, that did some uh, some spooky stories over the years from programs like uh, Suspense and what have you. But uh, first, I- I'm going to uh, share with you uh, this long-lost uh, uh, Halloween show that a radio station in Peoria, Illinois did, I believe, in 1970, which just happened to be the year I was born. And um, I don't know what the original title was, and I don't think anyone does. Uh, the only copy of it is apparently a recording of it that someone uh, taped you know, off the speaker of the radio. <laughs> so the quality is not great, but uh, you can still hear what's going on. And it's one of these where they took the idea, like the War of the Worlds uh, approach of uh, a, using the news broadcast to tell a story. And uh, this one uh, apparently is some sort of zombie outbreak. But it's it's referred to as the Peoria Plague, and that's just what people call it. And you can find it, like, on YouTube, and uh, the Internet Archive has it, and uh, you know, just the MP3s out there. Uh, this one's a little bit cleaned up, and uh, I've edited uh, the music segment because the idea is that they this is a radio station, and so of course they play music, but it just goes on and on and on. They kind of <laughs> really went for the reality there, so I, I shrunk that down, and then we get into the story. So uh, it's pretty cool. I like it, and uh, all we know is that it was from a station I believe called WHUN in Peoria. And that's it. No one, know, I don't know, I haven't found any information as to who wrote the story, uh, who performed it, or what have you. And uh, so it's mysterious. But um, here it is. Do enjoy. The following is a Radio One dramatization. The time is 9 p.m. Now, the late news from the WUHN newsroom. The advisory council for Radio Bradley, the Bradley University FM station, has been recommending that President Martin Abegg uh, reactivate the station, move it to a new location, and find operating funds for the second semester. Two more endorsements for the upcoming 1972 state elections. The Lake County Central Democratic Committee has endorsed Governor uh, Paul Simon, Lieutenant Governor, for the Democratic gubernatorial nomination. And the committee also picked State Representative Daniel Pierce of Highland Park for the lieutenant governor's berth on that ticket. Parochiate is finally law, as you know, but it has yet to meet the final test of legality. Governor Ogilvy signed the parochiate bill into law on Thursday. There will be a court test. Mr. Ogilvy, in signing the bill, said it would provide relief to taxpayers who, he said, are forced to bear the full burden of educating youngsters forced into public schools by the closing of private and parochial schools. Actually, the ink was hardly dry on the bill before Lawrence Klinger of Chicago filed suit to get State Auditor Michael Howlett to start issuing parochiate checks. Mr. Howlett is a supporter of parochiate, but is holding up the funds in order to force a court test of the constitutionality of the new parochiate program. 
Governor Ogilvie also says he plans to trim $76 million from the state's welfare budget, which will go into effect next uh, Monday because no one has come up with a better alternative. Thomas M. Murphy, the founder and president of the Independent Postal System, which was uh, put into effect this past week in uh, Peoria area, has announced that the firm will issue its first postage stamp on the 15th of November. That's to be used on second, third, and fourth class mail. These stamps range in price from one cent to 50 cents. Uh, Five-cent holiday stamps will be issued for use on Christmas cards, but those cards probably will not be uh, delivered by the independent postal system this year because they just don't have the equipment at present time here in the Peoria area. However, the company does plan to provide that service of delivering Christmas cards next Christmas. Uh, this, uh, this story just handed me a wide portion of the northern part of the city has been struck by a complete power blackout Power company officials say they have been unable to trace the source of the failure, but crews are working to rectify the difficulty. Uh, thank you. In uh, what seems to be a related development, some 20 persons have been admitted to doctor's hospitals suffering from what doctors say is apparently a respiratory disorder of, of uh, undetermined origin. All those admitted are Northside residents. We'll keep you informed, of course, from the WUHN newsroom on this uh, power blackout in the northern portion of the city. Whatever news we have, we'll pass along to you very quickly. We now return to Kaleidoscope. This is the WUHN Newsroom. Uh, further developments on the uh, power blackout in the northern portion of the city uh, are coming in now, and we're going to turn to newsman Robert Johns for this report from Doctors Hospital. Doctors Hospital is within the area affected by the widespread power blackout in Peoria tonight. Power is being supplied by an emergency generating system. Hospital officials here declined to comment at this time on the nature of the disorder affecting at least 20 persons admitted for treatment within the past hour. Speaking off the record, one doctor told me that all of those admitted were unconscious and had encountered difficulty in breathing. There is speculation that the infection may be bacterial in origin or possibly the result of food poisoning. A driver for the Pace Ambulance Company told me that he had responded to emergency calls from several households in one restaurant within the power blackout area. At this time, there is little... It's difficult at this time to say exactly what might be. Robert Johns, with the latest report we have on the uh, blackout north of the city and in the northern portion of the city, too. A spokesman for the Peoria Electric Company says nearly all of the city is now without any electric service whatsoever. Uh, Milton Kramer says transformers at a power substation near the waterworks shorted out in a violent, fiery explosion about 40 minutes ago. City police report power lines fell on two automobiles in the 100 block of War Memorial Drive, and at least two persons were reportedly uh, electrocuted. Motorists are urged to avoid War Memorial Drive in the area there at the uh, foot of McCluggage Bridge. That's the latest we have on the situation. We'll keep you informed, of course. Stay tuned to this station. Uh, we return to music now on Kaleidoscope. Mm -hmm. 
We're uh, back in the WUHN newsroom now. Um, the reports are beginning to come in on this power failure in the area. Uh, we've been trying to, um, uh, to locate newsman Warren LaSalle. Is, uh, yeah, he's, he's ready now. Uh, he's in a mobile unit uh, near the disaster area. Uh, Warren, will you come in, please? The situation here is considerably worse than original reports had indicated. There are hundreds, literally hundreds, of people jamming the area near the power substation at the waterworks. I can see the charred remains of two automobiles not far from where I am located near the tractor company building on War Memorial Drive. A mother and her four children were apparently burned to death when power lines fell onto the car in which they were riding. The bodies of two other persons remain in the other vehicle, also struck by falling power lines. A fire department rescue unit is at the scene now. The flames have been put out, but the bodies have yet to be removed from the scene. An eyewitness told me she heard a loud humming sound and saw a bright bluish-green light streak across the sky just an instant before the substation here apparently exploded and the power lines adjacent to it fell onto the roadway. Many of those lining the street appear to be dazed and several people told me they found it difficult to breathe. Thank you, Warren. Peoria's two other major hospitals report that an increasing number of persons have been admitted for observation suffering from the effects of an unknown respiratory disorder. Hospital officials, uh, we were in contact with them just, just a moment ago, uh, say they are unable to cope with this situation. It has reached emergency proportions. The county coroner's office reports that the bodies of several youngsters clad in Halloween costumes have been discovered in, in uh, residential areas around the city. Um, the coroner says there were uh, no indications of violence or foul play. Power Company uh, spokesman Milton Kramer says that all generators at the generating station on the river have ceased to function and that the blackout now covers the entire city. Kramer says personnel at the plant say they heard a loud humming sound as the buildings began to vibrate. I should repeat that, that there is uh, apparently no uh, power in the city. Uh, police say they're receiving a lot of calls uh, about a bright, some sort of a bright light, uh, blue or green, uh, they're not quite sure, uh, moving slowly to the northwest in the city uh, over Peoria. Now that's all we have at the moment. There is a power blackout. Uh, we caution everyone to um, remain calm and, uh, you know, use the most caution you possibly can. And we'll get back to you with further developments from the WUHN newsroom. And in the meantime, uh, we'll go back to Kaleidoscope. <laughs> We are back in the WUHN newsroom now. Uh, there is a power blackout in the area, and uh, we are trying uh, to get whatever reports we possibly can. Uh, authorities in the control tower at the airport say they've been forced to close uh, the airport to air traffic because of a disruption in communications caused by this, uh, this massive power failure. Uh, we have another report now. We have another report now uh, from newsman Robert John at the doctor's hospital. I secluded myself within the administrative offices on the third floor. I'm now behind a plate of glass and trying to make sense of what I'm about to report to you. According to interns I've talked with in the past few minutes, several of those persons admitted to the hospital tonight have savagely attacked two doctors and several other emergency room personnel. In an attempt to control the enraged patients, hospital staff members have completely closed off all corridors leading to and from the area, which is now concentrated with people no longer down with the disease, but rampaging through the halls of this medical institution. According to a hospital spokesman, the area that I'm reporting from is completely secure, 
There's no remote chance of an invasion by the, the animals who have commandeered the upper floors of the building. They've apparently lost all control of their bodily functions, and, and they've resorted to the simplest methods of protecting themselves from things they, they no longer seem to understand. One patient appeared to be dying from suffocation. He was immediately scheduled for a tracheotomy, and the doctor was at the point of incision when the man, who supposedly was under sedation, came alive with the, the power and the fury of an enraged, an enraged ape. He wrenched the doctor's scalpel from the surgeon's hand and sliced his throat from front to rear. Other personnel in the room fled through doors and into the awaiting horde of the living dead. I... I find it hard to keep my, my thoughts organized. That's what I'm trying to do. I I just can't believe such a horrid thing could happen in the same building. All flights above this level have been completely barricaded and reinforced with tables, cabinets, chairs, machines. All equipment that is movable has been removed and set up in an effort to stop any living thing that might possibly break through the primary barriers. People are rushing about in a frenzied determination to stop whatever might be on the other side of that wall. There's... There's absolute bedlam here now. They've smashed the plate glass and... Oh, I, I've never seen anything like it. They, they, they don't even look human. Oh, my... Well, uh, uh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, we, uh, we seem to run into some sort of difficulty uh, in that uh, remote connection with uh, newsman Robert Johns at Doctor's Hospital. Uh, while um, our engineer tries to reestablish contact which you will do just as quickly as possible. Uh, we have this report uh, from uh, another reporter in town uh, that the mayor has left his home to go to his office from City Hall. Um, Nim Lorgan. Nim Lorgan files this live report. We expect the mayor to issue a statement momentarily regarding the now well-known state of emergency. I've received reports that the mayor has been in contact with the governor, but no one seems to know what's going on absolutely. But it's been rumored that the mayor will declare an official state of emergency within the hour. It's also rumored that he will ask for assistance from the National Guard. But until his speech is made available to the news media, all of this remains highly speculative. The mayor has just come down the marble staircase here at City Hall from his fifth floor office. He's now approaching reporters. Along with the mayor are several other aldermen and other city officials. The mayor reportedly intends to confer with other government officials before making a statement. Thank you, ma'am. Um... While, um, while we were waiting for uh, the mayor's statement, um, he'll be along in a moment, I understand. Uh, let's take this report now from uh, Radnor Clinic. Uh, Carl LaFong reports. I have Dr. Dietrich with me. Uh, doctor, has any progress been made in finding a cure? Well, we've succeeded in isolating the bacteria, and since that time we've been trying to find something to destroy or even arrest the bacterial processes. But unfortunately, we have been unable to even stop its meiosis or reproductive process. It seems that these organisms, after destroying the brain cells, lodge themselves in the bone marrow where each cell divides. This process continues quite rapidly and each cell can reproduce an equal in approximately 90 seconds. Of course, the body manufactures red blood cells in the bone marrow. Since the bacteria destroys the marrow, the body cannot produce these oxygen-carrying cells. Now, without the cells uh, to carry oxygen to, to the body, unconsciousness results shortly after infection, and with it, the brain damage follows. Uh, then, doctor, oxygen tanks are not effective. No, no, the oxygen can get into the lungs, but it's ex exhaled because there are no red blood cells to pass the oxygen along. We haven't been able to explain the things. We're back at City Hall for the long-awaited statement from the mayor. 
waiting for the gentleman now. I'm getting on there. It's the man. Uh, citizens of uh, the area, ladies and gentlemen of the press, have uh, been in conference with city officials and the governor's office. I won't try to cover things up or give you false hopes. We're confronted with a situation totally beyond our immediate control. However, officials at uh, Doctor's Hospital have assured me that everything possible is being done to, to find a cure for the, uh, the disease that is sweeping our city. I must emphasize that uh, panic will only make things worse. I'm therefore enacting uh, martial law throughout the city, and I'm ordering everyone to remain uh, behind locked doors in their homes. The uh, police commissioner has given his, uh, his men the orders to uh, shoot to kill. This is, of course, necessary to ensure control. Now, if you're not at home, you must either uh, go home or uh, locate your nearest civil defense shelter. We're doing everything uh, possible to uh, combat this dilemma. Please stay at home, etc., etc., etc. What response have you had from the governor's office, sir? Well, it seems as though our... Uh, the governor thought it more important to spend the weekend fishing in Wisconsin rather than sit in his dingy office down in Springfield con controlling the official business of the state of Illinois. And that was the mayor's report on this, um, what has now grown to an emergency situation. Uh, we, um, we're here in the WUHN newsroom. Uh, we have an unconfirmed report of a light plane flying in the VFR mode. Uh, that's... Um, that is to say, the pilot was flying into the Peoria airport pattern by eyesight only uh, because uh, the radio communications at the uh, tower are completely without power. And it seems as though the pilot tried to radio the tower uh, to report a shortage of fuel. Um, uh, because the uh, tower is without electrical power, they're unable to receive the pilot's uh, um, plea for some help. Uh, the pilot attempted a landing by eyesight, I'm told, and apparently mistook Harmon Highway for the landing strip. The uh, plane was reportedly a multiple engine craft, uh, three persons on board. Uh, we do not know who they are or were. Uh, the only plane in the area, according to the aviation officials, was a dual-engine uh, craft uh, chartered. Um, to uh, sum up, the uh, entire city of Peoria is without power at this time. The mayor has um, uh, now declared the city under martial law and instructed residents to seek a place of safety, either in, in their own homes or one of the civil defense shelters. Uh, we've been unable to reestablish contact with newsman Warren LaSalle, um, we were speaking with him just a short while ago. Uh, he reported on the explosion of a power substation near the McCluggage Bridge. Uh, newsman LaSalle uh, filed this tape-recorded report from the scene about 20 minutes ago. If that's ready, all right, let's hear it. Hey, Fred, are you rolling on this? Uh, yeah, Warren, uh, go ahead. Thought maybe he was going to get sick or something, and I noticed his skin. 
It wasn't a flesh tone anymore, but looked almost gray. So what really scared the hell out of me was his eyes. They were all red. I don't mean bloodshot. I mean roaring fire engine red. Without any provocation or warning, he lunged at me, grabbed my throat. He was at least twice as strong as you'd expect anyone that old to be. I mean, his hands were on my throat like a steel vice. Pulled my head toward his mouth and sunk his teeth into the flesh just above the right eyebrow. I want to tell you, he bit hard. So hard blood started running down my face immediately. I couldn't breathe at all. I knew I was going fast. I had to do something to be so strong, Fred. You know, I, I couldn't move. Tried then to yank me away from the car and finish the job, I guess, but I must have lost his balance just a little. Car doors were still open. I felt him slip back my way. I reached up under his armpits, pulled him back toward the car, all the strength I could muster. I pulled away, I butt in my head, didn't loosen a bit, and I think he must have ripped a pretty big hunk of meat off. Fell into the car seat, when he came at me again, I reached outside, grabbed the door handle, slammed it on his head as hard as I could. Actually, the door caught to the side of his face and rushed it against the door jam. He didn't make a sound, but collapsed in the pavement when I opened the door. And Fred, the really odd thing was when I looked at his face, despite how really ripped up it was, there wasn't any blood. No blood at all. I knew I had to get away from this area, so I ran back down toward the bridge, find my coat, so I could find the keys and get out of here. Those people, most of them had been lying, looking like they were dead in the street, gotten up, and were standing in a close-knit group, about 50 or 75. It looked like a pack of mad dogs, and I was afraid they might attack me at any moment. Didn't want to try to get out of here on foot, so I knew I had to have those car keys from the coat. I ran around the outside of the mob, and they didn't seem to be paying much attention to me. So many other people in the street, my raincoat was still in the fence where I left it, so I grabbed the keys out of the pocket, started running back up the hill where the car was. Still don't know where they came from, but four or five little kids, some of them wearing Halloween costumes, running in the same direction with me. They were scared, and they were screaming about being chased by a couple of these red-eyed creatures. I wanted to stop and see if I could help the kids, but I knew I had to get back here and tell you about this. When I was running toward the car, I saw one of them grabbed the little girls had tripped and fallen. What he did to that little child, I don't think I can describe to you. Youngster couldn't have been more than five, maybe six years old. And what that cemented creature grabbed her, looked like a man in his 40s, picked the little kid up and held her in both arms over his head and threw her to the pavement absolutely as hard as he could. When he started kicking, I, I just can't tell you. I mean, it was so horrible. I'm back in the car now, Fred, and I'm going to leave. Oh, my God. They're all around the car. Those red-eyed shells and men are all around me. Jesus. Gotta get the car into gear, and I'm holding the accelerator to the floor, but they're holding the back tires off the street, and I'm not moving. They're all around me. Hundreds of them. They're coming on the grass, back in the car, so I'm trying to throw it over. We're back in the newsroom. Uh, that was a, a recorded conversation um, earlier uh, between uh, reporter Warren LaSalle and an engineer here at the studios. I'm sorry that the uh, two-way got in there, but uh, under the circumstances, we just had to rush. Um, it's a two-way radio transmission just suddenly terminated, as you heard it, uh, as, a, as an angry mob attacked the news car. Uh, this is purely speculation, you understand, because we can't be there and just know what's going on. Um, Perhaps uh, the antenna was broken off uh, when the people, as he said, uh, swarmed over the news wagon. Um, as was evident in the tape, uh, Warren wasn't intending for his report to be made public, but we felt that you should hear it uh, in spite of that uh, because of the extenuating circumstances and uh, the condition of the area in general. Uh, we thought it would be better to give, uh, you know, all the information we possibly can. Um, I understand now that we have a remote report coming up uh, from veteran newscaster Gib Phillips uh, from his home in Chillicothe. Um, there's no no telephone service connecting Fiore and Chillicothe at this time due to the power shortage, so uh, reporter Phillips will file this live report uh, from a neighbor's house 
uh, using a two-way radio. Um, all right, uh, Gibbs, you go ahead. Okay, we're ready, so uh, you can take it now. Though the lights are out here and there is no telephone service, uh, everything appears to be normal. The way it sounds here, uh, you're having close to a riot or something there in Peoria. But uh, nothing's happening here, though, uh, except about an hour and a half ago or close to that. A couple of my neighbors were outside talking about a bluish-green flash across the sky. And uh, my neighbor, Ted Wallace, whose radio I'm using to file this, just returned about ten minutes ago from Princeville. And he tells me that aside from the power and communications difficulty, everything is normal there as well. And uh, uh, some people have fled the area through Chillicothe and have told of being attacked by, by crazed half-human creatures. The massive traffic movement through this little community has created one of the most, uh, the, the most, uh, the, one of the worst traffic tie-ups imaginable. I'll, I'll stick by the mic here, and if you'll be needing any more information, uh, this is Gibb Phillips reporting from uh, That was uh, Gibb reporting on the situation in Chillicothe. Uh, you're listening to um, WUHN Radio, uh, trying to keep uh, contact with this uh, emergency, this power failure that has occurred in the area. Uh, Pekin police report that aside from uh, the power blackout, there's no difficulty in that city either. Uh, apparently it's localized here. Uh, we've just been in contact with Barb Fox at the police department. She reports the finding of another body at uh, Doctor's Hospital. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, cut her in now, if you will. Right, here's Barb Fox. This is Barb Fox reporting from police headquarters where officers just finished filing a report on the discovery of a mutilated body in one of the rooms of Doctor's Hospital. The man, reportedly clad only in a crucifix, was found between floors. The upper portion of his body was left on the third floor when the elevator doors closed on him. The elevator descended, the body was dismembered. According to the report, the upper portion of the man's torso was riddled with daggers and glass one-half inch thick. The bleeding had completely ceased by the time the body had reached the elevator shaft. In turn, tracing the trail of blood, surmised the man had been dragged from a nearby office where the glass windows had been shattered. The report continues because the body was without clothing, no identification was possible. Police are baffled by a length of what appears to have been a microphone cable that was clinched in the dead man's fist. This is Bart Fox reporting. Ladies and gentlemen, um, uh, uh, panic seems to have swept our city. Uh, all of you who are listening, please be calm under the situation. Uh, what reports we have, uh, hundreds of people, uh, maybe even thousands, seem to be running wildly through the streets in a kind of crazed frenzy. Uh, we have uh, here, let's uh, numerous reports of fires, uh, at least 300 deaths, and uh, scattered incidents of looting. Uh, civil defense authorities have issued a statement urging everyone to stay home tonight. Uh, there's a, a team of medical experts from St. Nicholas Hospital is attempting to uh, to isolate this bacteria which has affected the behavior of, of so many of our citizens. Uh, authorities are baffled by this uh, strange phenomenon, we're told. They have yet have been unable to isolate its origin. Uh, several Prominent physicians uh, have recommended that the consumption of any foods other than uh, uh, cans uh, be ceased immediately. You know, anything that is canned apparently is all right for the moment. Uh, civil defense authorities recommend that if you're going to drink water, be certain that you boil it before you drinking uh, before you drink it. Uh, in any event, uh, when police or the fire department must be contacted, the telephone company and the city police have provided mobile uh, communication in van-type trucks are located throughout the city. 
Uh, perhaps you've seen them. I don't know. Uh, each truck is equipped with a loudspeaker system, uh, which will make you aware of its presence within your area. Uh, in the event of an emergency, do not leave your home until you hear the loudspeaker message in your area. Now, uh, I'm going to repeat it for you, see if you can remember it. Uh, this is Civil Defense Emergency Communications Mobile Unit. Uh, that's the way they'll introduce it. Uh, then they'll, uh, they'll follow uh, a number of some sort or other and the announcement of the intersection which the truck is nearest. Uh, we repeat, uh, under no circumstances uh, should you leave your home, except in the event of fire, of course. Uh, the uh, police superintendent, uh, Andrew Alexander, reminds all police officers that Lee's days off, of course, have been canceled. Uh, if you didn't hear it directly from him, you're hearing it now. Uh, this goes uh, ad infinitum, apparently, until this thing is cleared up, until we find out what it's all about. Uh, every policeman is to report to police headquarters at once. Uh, the superintendent emphasized that the situation uh, remains under control, but Andrews advised that all area residents who own firearms um, keep them loaded, keep them uh, nearby in the event of some sort of uh, someone should try to get into your home. Uh, in a prepared statement, the police chief said, and we're able to quote this, uh, due to the extreme gravity of the situation which confronts us at this hour, I must advise all area residents to take any precaution which they feel necessary to guard against intrusion. Uh, where health or safety is threatened, I advise all firearms owners to shoot to kill without hesitation. Uh, Police uh, Superintendent Andrew apparently uh, was referring to those individuals who are affected by the plague, which seems to have threat our area uh, when he issued the uh, shoot to kill order. Uh, medical authorities further advise that anyone who thinks he may have uh, contracted this uh, bacterial infection should have another member of the household in which he resides bind him, uh, actually tie him down in such a way that his movement will be completely restricted. Uh, persons living alone who feel uh, ill are advised to um, perhaps take a sedative or some such thing if it's available and uh, just go to bed immediately. Uh, you know, lock the door, of course, and the windows and so forth. Uh, the civil defense authorities have been granted permission uh, by the mayor and the police superintendent to uh, do whatever is necessary to restrict movement on city streets uh, because of the huge traffic jam, which is now traffic at the bridge routes uh, going out of the city. Uh, state police have had to set up barricades to restrict uh, any sort of vehicular movement uh, from the city. Uh, well, late reports indicate that the um, vast majority of those affected by the plague uh, are residents of the city. Uh, therefore, the county sheriff's department is stopping all automobiles. Uh, you're going in or out of the city. And from what we are able to learn here in the WUHN newsroom, uh, in a dire situation such as this one, uh, more people have to be killed due to panic and fear than by whatever this, this dreaded thing is. Uh, it has been brought to our attention. Uh, uh, but uh, students on the university campus have become uh, completely panicked uh, in the wake of uh, whatever it is, this disaster that's going on. Uh, the mobile radio telephone unit, uh, there is one uh, near the field house parking lot. Um, students are reportedly uh, dying in the hands of fellow students as um, uh, the mobs attempt to storm this mobile unit in order to, to tell their parents about the, the crisis that we have here. Uh, the lives of fellow students, former classmates, uh, it don't seem to mean anything to, uh, to those students who are possessed with this, this one goal. Um, the only important thing to students is making phone calls to their parents or relatives in order to get their transportation out of the city, which, of course, no one can come in, no one can go out. Um, uh, there have been numerous reports of some very uh, brutal confrontations, meetings. Uh, um, I, I don't know. What's that? Oh. Okay, go ahead. Reporting once again from the police department where reports of the Coleman read like the diary of the Marquis de Sade. Murders, rapes, and alarming number of suicides, the whole town seems gripped by the seething terror of an unknown foe. Eight persons.
Americans were mutilated beyond recognition when a city maintenance truck overturned in the street and rolled through the place glass front of a supermarket on the clear near Knoxville. Forty people were sprayed with fuel from the truck and ignited when the battery from the truck fell into a pool of high-octane fuel. In another incident, a bus returning from a church retreat with 38 youngsters aboard ran out of control while trying to avoid a collision with an ambulance on the Franklin Street Bridge. It plunged some 30 feet to the pilings below. The bus reportedly burst into flames on impact. Coast Guard officials report only three youngsters are known to be alive, 10 are missing, and the others dead. contact with Barb Fox at the police department. Um, uh, I'm going to urge everyone to be just as calm as they possibly can. Um, I've, I've been in contact uh, with numerous uh, sources of information. Um, uh, since our last report, uh, these items have been brought to our attention. There's a hotel in the heart of downtown Peoria where uh, three residents uh, have uh, flung themselves from the windows. Uh, one woman was seen just literally rebounding, bouncing from the brick walls of the structure after breaking through the uh, windows on the 13th floor. Uh, identification of the victim is impossible uh, because the uh, body had been defiled by the, uh, by the mob uh, just swarming through the street. Um, police say the situation does remain under control. Uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is they mean. It would seem that uh, that, that isn't the case at all. Um, right now, at this time, uh, radio communications between uh, this station and our remote reporters, and I know you're anxious to hear what's going on, but I'm afraid I've been unable to uh, get through to them. It is difficult uh, to predict for how much time we'll be able to uh, bring you uh, live reports from the scene. Um, News Director Wilbur Wobus informs me that a policeman has delivered to our studios a tape-recorded message from Dr. Donald Theran. And now, uh, in this recorded message, I am told Dr. Theran claims to have isolated the source of the bacterial infection which has infected so many uh, of us uh, here in this area. Uh, thank heaven we've been spared for the time, at least. I, I don't know quite what to say. Uh, this recording uh, has not yet been heard by anyone on our news staff, uh, so you and I are going to be hearing it for the first time. And if you just just be patient, uh, we'll get it here. It's, uh, understand, we just received this. Uh, just, just a moment, please. <laughs> This is uh, Dr. Donald Turhan speaking to you from Lutheran Hospital. A, a team of prominent Peoria physicians, including myself, believe that we have discovered the source of the unusual bacterial infection. Now, I must emphasize that we've been unable to develop a cure to combat this disorder and that we can offer only the following preventative measures. <clears throat> now, first, it is imperative that the consumption of tap water be ceased immediately. This is of cardinal importance because our medical research has determined to shut up it out. These bacteria are multiplying in the tax of sick Peoria. It is of utmost importance, of cardinal importance, that I reiterate that all what must be ceased drinking. It would seem that we are experiencing some sort of a technical difficulty here. We'll We'll have it uh, rectified just as soon as we can and uh, bring you the remainder of uh, Dr. Turns' report. Uh, while Dr. Turns was speaking, I did manage to get into con communication on a two-way radio here with uh, Gib Phillips in Chillicothe. He told me that the situation there remains as it was before, that apparently uh, 
No one in that community has been affected by the plague, which has spread throughout Peoria. Uh, Phillips says that a number of persons who earlier got out of the Peoria area, uh, apparently victims of the disease, uh, however, um, sufficient manpower was available uh, in Chillicothe to uh, subdue those affected and to maintain some sort of order. The uh, uh, police in Chillicothe have since set up roadblocks to prevent others from entering the town from Peoria. And as is the case there, uh, law enforcement officers have been given the uh, shoot-to-kill order, if that's necessary. Um, uh, oh, yes. Now, now, again, we're going to have Dr. Uh, Donald Turan uh, with a report uh, that we interrupted a moment ago. Uh, you'll just go right ahead. Uh, this is uh, Dr. Donald Turhan speaking to you from Lutheran Hospital. A, a team of prominent Peoria physicians, including myself, believe that we have discovered the source of the unusual bacterial infection. Now, I must emphasize that we've been unable to develop a cure to combat this disorder and that we can offer only the following preventative measures. <clears throat> now, first, it is imperative that the consumption of tap water be ceased immediately. This is of cardinal importance because our medical research team has determined under short of a doubt that these bacteria are most in the, in the tap of the area. It is of most importance that all life must be. Apparently, the, uh, the tape the doctor used to record the report uh, that was sent to us, uh, it, just, it just wasn't really good. Um, now, um, we're going to attempt to bring you Dr. Turan's report later in this broadcast. Uh, word has reached me now that reporter Mim Morgan is uh, located in one of our mobile units near Peoria's Courthouse Square, where civil defense authorities have set up uh, an emergency treatment center and uh, communication facilities. So um, we'll, uh, we'll take this report now as Mim Morgan gives it to us right from the scene. Why some have been affected by the disease and others not. 
In many instances, some members of the same family have gone raving mad while others remain apparently normal. Symptoms of the disorder are easily recognized. First, there's dizziness and vomiting. Then extreme difficulty in breathing may be encountered. Secondly, the victim then falls unconscious for a short period of time. It is then that the skin loses its color, becoming almost gray. The eyes turn a deep red, almost glowing with luminescence. When the victim regains consciousness, he's lost complete control of his faculties and attacks anything or anyone near him, resorting to the most carnal and bestial acts imaginable. As I speak to you, I stand beside the body of a small girl, clad in, in what appears to be the blood-soaked remains of a Cinderella Halloween costume. Not ten minutes ago, her body was dragged here from outside the defense perimeter by her hysterical mother, who who said the child had been attacked by a group of five or six of the bloodthirsty night creatures who savagely beat and kicked the youngster before tearing her with their bared teeth. I don't know how much longer I can take the spectacle. Has the whole world gone mad? The, the cloud-shrouded starless night sky is crimson in the distance and smoke lingers like a pall over the city and, and as numerous fires rage out of control away from the heart of the city. Fire units stand ready here to guard against the possible spread of flames into this area. In the sky to the southwest, there lingers a faint bluish-green glow from within the clouds. The light which hovered for a time near the waterworks streaked across the sky to its present location and has remained there for the past 40 minutes with no appreciable movement or any change in its intensity. Police attempted to get near the area where the strange glow remains, but fires rage completely out of control near the site, and they have as yet been unable to get close enough to attempt investigation. Near the center of the square, there is... Wait! The blue-green light is growing brighter, and appears to be moving closer. Yes, it is. It looks almost like a huge flare dropping from the sky. And there, there's a sound which grows increasingly louder as it approaches this area. The sky above the city is, is not as bright as it is on the most brightly moonlit night. Oh, I falling over the clouds and the light comes. And I've never seen anything like it before. I'm really at a complete loss for words. It's more than right. It looks like a vehicle of some sort. It appears to be almost pie shaped, narrow at the top, then then it is the bottom, like an inverted pie. And it's rotating. The strange light seems to emanate from within. It's dropping lower now, and it's so loud, I don't know whether you can hear me or not. There's a rushing of the wind about me, and something is falling from the crowd. Many of them. I'm not sure what they are, but one is still at my feet. I, I picked one up. It looks like a small capsule of some sort. There are literally hundreds of them falling, like rain, all about me. They're, they're breaking as they hit, and, and there's a milky white liquid splattering on the pavement as they break. I feel people, people are falling. The police are firing, but there's no stopping them. Gentlemen, I, um, I, 
I, I just don't know what to add to this right now. Uh, you, you heard uh, just exactly what's happening in downtown Peoria. Uh, and I, I witness account, uh, Mim Morgan, uh, there at Courthouse Square, this, this is incredible. Um, I don't believe there's any precedent for reporting on an event such as this. All our remote units are silent. I really can't get through anywhere. It appears we will be unable to bring you any further direct reports. Uh, our engineer is working on it, but they say that uh, they're just encountering a lot of difficulty in receiving any signal tonight. Uh, as a matter of fact, you may be having difficulty really in, uh, in receiving us. Uh, several Peoria stations we understand are now off the air. Uh, those with studios in the downtown area have just ceased to broadcast. Apparently, uh, um, equipment breakdowns, power failures. Of course, we, we've had this dark situation in the uh, area for a long time. Um, absolute bedlam uh, reigns in, uh, in a Midwestern city where uh, friends have become the bitterest of enemies in the wake of this insane confusion that uh, has been brought on by, I guess, alien invaders uh, from our studios. Now, understand, we're outside the city. It's difficult to assess the situation at this time. Our reporting facilities are broken down. There's no way of knowing. Uh, officials at a downtown hospital have earlier confirmed that a, a badly mutilated body received there about half an hour ago is that of reporter Warren LaSalle. LaSalle lost his life when attacked by an angry mob while reporting from near the McCluggage Bridge, a team, of a, of a, a team rather, of, a, of investigators. Uh, has discovered a, a lot of capsules. Um, I might add at this point that the uh, capsules found resemble those described just a short while ago by Mim Morgan. You, uh, you heard Mim's report. Now, uh, in her, you know, from the courthouse, uh, many of the capsules have, uh, had either badly deteriorated or had broken, and uh, they had kind of a milky fluid in them. They were scattered widely all around the area, uh, especially along the riverfront and out near the waterworks. Um, capsules are strewn about in a path resembling the path made by the bright light, which uh, was reported earlier by one of our reporters. Uh, preliminary medical reports indicate that the substance contained in the capsules is similar to bacteria found in the corpses of these disease victims. Uh, telephone communications have been disrupted throughout the area. And from our studios, we can see uh, that bluish light it is over the city. I, well, I really don't know how, how well you're receiving it. Time will just keep going, you know. Someone can hear it. The flames uh, over the over, over the town, the air is really dense with smoke, and it's all happened so suddenly. Uh, by the time uh, word reaches uh, other major population centers in the state, we may be gone. Uh, none of the wire services have carried news of what's happened here yet. It's almost as if we've been shut off from contact, um, you know, by the from the outside. So, some something or someone uh, way beyond our comprehension. I can't, I don't know what's happened. I mean, I really don't. I mean, why, why did they pick out, why did they pick out our city? Uh, and why tonight? Seemingly, um, have we been the only metropolitan area affected by the invasion and the subsequent plague? We don't have any contact news with anyone else. We really don't know. Uh, is Peoria going to be used as a sort of breeding ground for some strange bacteria which drives men mad and later forces them to uh, submission before some alien intelligence. What, what puzzles me most is why some have been infected immediately by the plague and others, you know, others, not at all, at least for the time being. I don't know if anybody can hear me or not. Jack? Jack, you give me, I'm a little dry, would you, would you get me some water? 
Thank you. Now, of course, we're going to remain on the air, uh, bringing you information about the crisis throughout the night. Uh, we are hopeful that police and civil defense officials will keep us informed, too. I don't know whether... Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's better. Now, uh, well, what I'm saying is that uh, we're going to stay with it just as long as we possibly can. Uh, there's no one here other than than my engineer and me. Um, they've all, everyone else uh, has left by automobile. Uh, trying to get toward Bloomington, I guess, to get some sort of assistance, you see, for, for the folks, and to contact the governor's office in Springfield with the hope that National Guard units could be activated, brought into the area. Um... Uh, recapping here these um, events uh, it was, uh, it's about an hour ago that a bright bluish green light was seen first uh, over the city um, uh, near uh, Jack Jack come back in here right away yeah what's the trouble uh, where did it hey you look sick you want me to go get help or something where uh where did you get this water? Is it uh, from the cooler in the hall? No, the bottle's empty. I drank from it from the cooler about 20 minutes ago. So I got yours from the tap in the restroom. I thought it was all right. No. Don't you see that? Hey, are you going to be all right? Ought I try to get a policeman or something? <clears throat> That's why some people have got the disease and others have it. They dump that bacteria into water supply. It must grow like crazy. Only those who have this. <coughs> Only those who have uh, had water in the past hour or so. Jack? I've been so busy with tapes back here and the two way and all. I, I never thought that, that something might be wrong. I. Oh, no, it's, it's, uh, it's not your fault, but uh, you, you've got to get me out of here right away. Now, or, uh, Jack, you know what happened to the others. Get me out of the building, lock the doors, no matter what now. And then don't let me back in. But I couldn't do that. You you and I have known each other for five, six, seven years. I couldn't do that. No. I mean, there's so much interference, I doubt anyone here. Anyway, but... Uh... Tell me up, Jack. Circumstances beyond our control, we're now forced to leave the air. you have just heard was a dramatization. Any resemblance between characters in our story and persons living or dead is purely coincidental.
This is WUHN FM in Peoria, Illinois, Radio 1. Mr. Nelson here. Say, do you love the sound of my voice? <laughs> I know, me too. Well, now, with a little chump change, you can enjoy the sound of my voice while watching a movie. That's right. Films like Beast from Haunted Cave. It's about a bank heist gone wrong. No, it doesn't go wrong because the handsome ski instructor foils the plot. Or because the robber's chain-smoking nymphomaniac girlfriend turns on him. No, it's because the gang didn't count on a giant spider monster living in a nearby haunted cave. The film stars Michael Forrest, who portrayed Apollo in the original Star Trek TV series. Yes, he's the guy who became a giant, making Captain Kirk look up his toga. Warning, due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. So what are you waiting for? Head over to selfie.com slash Nelson. That's S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N. <laughs> yes, Nelson, for me. There you'll find all the films that I've graced with my smart-ass commentary. So again, head over to selfie.com slash Nelson. And now it's time for Perhaps, but maybe not, some see Bigfoot photobombing Michigan Eagleness Cam. According to USA Today, a potentially legendary photobomber has stolen the spotlight from a bald eagle nest featured on a live cam in Michigan. Social media was abuzz with a clip from a camera mounted to a tree near the Platte River State Fish Hatchery in Ballula, about 30 miles west of Traverse City, placed there to highlight a bald eagle nest. In the footage, baby eaglets beep in the nest, while on the forest floor below walks through what some think is Bigfoot, the never-confirmed mythological man-ape-like creature that spawned many an unwatchable cable TV night vision camera show. The live cam clip was highlighted on the website of CarbonTV.com, a Bingham Farms-based company that specializes in online video content related to the outdoors and on its YouTube channel. The company partnered with the State Department of Natural Resources to install the Eagle Cam on state land adjacent to the fish hatchery. It went live last March. The clip includes a pop-up window zooming in on whatever is roaming below the nest. A dark figure, walking on two legs, too much to be a bear, can be seen moving up a wooded slope, pausing on a fallen tree, then leaping down a slope, then out of view. It's definitely Bigfoot, or a man in an ape suit, or just a normally dressed guy in silhouette. Like most videos reported to be Bigfoot, it's grainy and out of focus. Of course, the camera wasn't set up to be focused on the ground, it was focused on the nest, said Ed Ish, DNR fish production manager for the state and Platte River hatchery. The clip was captured on video in May. A viewer of Carbon TV's live cam apparently noticed the unusual guest appearance and posted about it on a Bigfoot enthusiast website. A Carbon TV editor stumbled across the posting. Staff reviewed their archival footage, found it, and highlighted it last month. From what we can see, what everybody can see with their plain eye, it's up to interpretation. It's definitely grounds for speculation as a legitimate sighting, but who knows? It's the kind of thing the internet really loves. Ish 
while admitting he's no Bigfoot proponent, said he draws no conclusions about what's depicted in the footage. I have a nephew who does a really good Bigfoot gait impression, but I know it wasn't him. One of the nation's leading Bigfoot researchers also finds the Eagle Cam clip intriguing, but inconclusive. Jeff Mildrum is a professor of anatomy and anthropology at Idaho State University and studies the evolution of humans and their ancestors becoming bipeds walking on two feet. He also studies Bigfoot, having amassed more than 300 footprint casts and conducting frequent field laboratories in the Pacific Northwest. Mildrum is the author of Sasquatch Legend Meets Science. It is an interesting video, but remains just that given the lack of scale and detail in the image of the figure. We're coming up on the 50th anniversary of the still controversial Patterson-Gimlin film, a 60-second film clip of much higher quality, about which opinions remain polarized. By contrast, this Eagle's Nest video doesn't offer much by way of compelling evidence. 50th anniversary, huh? What a coincidence. Let's take a look at this thing. Uh, Joe Conti, is that you? Well, anyway, CarbonTV.com's Bigfoot clip, other caught-on-camera clips from the Eagle's Nest, and the Nest live cam can be accessed at CarbonTV.com slash cam slash CarbonTV dash Eagle dash cam. Yes. So, did this live cam capture the elusive Bigfoot? Perhaps. But maybe not. And with that, we're going to bring this episode of the Mr. Nelson Show to a close. I uh, hope you enjoyed Peoria Plague. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. But uh, maybe I'm alone in that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to be doing more of that uh, this month. Because I consider it Halloween month. So uh, we'll see what we do next week. Uh as I'm taping this, uh, Hurricane Matthew has hit Florida, uh, and it's working its way up the East Coast. Uh, thoughts and prayers to everybody out there. I know what you're going through. I've been through these horrible hurricanes myself. It's no day at the beach. Uh, so, hope you pull through. And a special shout-out to uh, the Friends of the Bob Levy program, uh, Dougie Almeida and uh, Jillian Chiapone, who live in Florida. So, I uh, hope you guys are doing all right. Uh, in the meantime, as far as the breaking news and the campaign trail uh, of the nasty audio and the uh, WikiLeaks things, <laughs> um, nothing really changed. Uh, the situation is still the same. Uh, Donald Trump has said horrible, nasty things. Hillary Clinton has done horrible, nasty things. Good night, everybody. Views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson Show not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked. Great goof-ups! Did Mr. Nelson forget to put us in the show again night-night? I don't know, Bobo. Oh, look! It's Sun King! That's right, Bobo. Hello, Night-Night. I just stopped by to let you know that all this month there won't be any Night-Night shows. What? Yes, it seems the Mr. Nelson show will be dedicated to Halloween this month, and that doesn't involve superheroes. Wait a minute. We're in costumes. Ain't that Halloween enough? 
No, Momo. No, it's not. 